You know, uh, as I tend to do, try to think about something that I haven't heard on in a while or something going on in my life that maybe I should, you know, preach about. And so I kind of got to thinking with everything going on right now, I got to thinking about my kids, I got to thinking about my wife and uh, my parents and uh, Cress's parents and kind of our parenting versus their parenting and uh, thinking about the Lord and and those things which led me to thinking about house rules or family rules, kind of those uh, those unofficial or official unwritten rules that we all have in our household. You know, we don't go around and write down stuff that we don't want our kids to do or, or things that they should do. We don't have those rules just sitting out somewhere. There's things that we learn as we go. Um, so growing up, you learn not to do some things. You learn that you and your buddies shouldn't go over and throw mud on the neighbor's uh, garage door and, and paint it with mud. For some reason, our parents didn't think that was a good idea. For some reason, we did. We thought it sounded like fun. And you know, I learned that shouldn't jump on the furniture. Mom didn't like that. Dad didn't like it because it was expensive. Don't track mud in the house. Mom always wanted to take our shoes off before we come in the house. And uh, you don't play sports in the house. Mom didn't. My brother and I both played soccer. You know, kicking a ball around in the house wasn't good for our our bottoms. Um, But the one thing that I really remember, never drink the last Coke. Mom always, she had her stash of Cokes, and you just didn't drink the last Coke. You better go find some water or Kool-Aid or something. Don't drink the last Coke. You'd get in trouble. And Dad, he used to get on to us all the time for leaving a half-full glass of milk or orange juice or a half-drank Coke in the fridge, and I just didn't understand why. I'm going to drink it later. Jack's looking at him like he's done this before. He knows, probably knows what I'm talking about. But I know why. He don't get drank. It stays there. Five days later, you got nasty milk in the fridge, and then you got to go clean it out, and it's just gross. Now I understand as a parent why my dad didn't like us doing that. And it was a waste on top of that, you know. Finally, I've gotten the girls to where they don't get the you know, the tall glass and fill it up all the way with something and then drink about that, you know, there's about that much still left in there when they stick it in the fridge. So now we use the smaller glasses. We finally got into that. And so all of that has led me to think about our household and kind of some of the things that we do in this family. Hope that showed up. In this family. And that's what the title of my lesson is, is, is in this family. And I've got a few things listed out here. You know, Daphne said, told me to bring, she told me that I need to bring the fire and brimstone this afternoon. And well, I don't, I don't really know if this is going to be fire and brimstone, but um, I hope that you get something out of it. And uh, uh, it, it's helped me, I guess, more with my kids and probably to be more patient. So the first thing in this family is we, we work hard. <clears throat> Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men. So whatever kind of work we do, we should, we should work hard at it. We should give 100%. Whatever we do, we should do it like we're doing it for the Lord and not for men. 
You need a motivation boost to get the job done? Do it for the Lord. Kids, you don't like doing chores for your parents when they tell you to do something? Well, do it for the Lord. I make you feel better, won't it? Mom, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for the Lord. I wouldn't recommend telling her that, but say it in your mind. Maybe, maybe that'll help to get the job done. Philippians 2, 14, 15. 14 through 15, do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Quit whining about it and get it done. It's not going to clean itself. How many times have you said that as a parent? How many times have you heard that as a child? I can't count that many times. I know every time that we tell the girls it's time to... to uh, clean the playroom, i probably say it at least five times through, uh, you know, probably three hours. So uh, there's more, they spend the whole day doing it. So I know I say it a lot more time than that. You know, sometimes it's really hard for myself to get motivated. It's hard for me to not grumble about things, about some task that I need to get done. And no, I, I love my job. I honestly do. I look forward to, to going to work and fixing things and, and doing things like that. But there are sometimes somebody wants something done and you're like, okay, I'll go get it done. You just kind of grin and you go. You got to put that smile on your face. You know, it, it takes a conscious effort sometimes. And the girls, <clears throat> this I've told them earlier I was going to pick on them a little bit and talk about them. So I tried to prepare them. <laughs> this summer they've, you know, they're, we've had them start doing stuff, which not they haven't done stuff before, but we've, we're really trying to make a point. Okay, you need to get the dishes done. Let's do the trash. Clean, keep your rooms clean. If I tell them exactly what to do and when to do it, it gets done, right? We've discussed allowances because they thought, well, can we get, you know, can we make some money out of this? And Chris and I have talked about it, and we said, sure, we'll do that. You can have however much, you know, say $10 if you'll do the dishes and take out the trash. Consistently. Do it consistently. Well, that means without us having to tell you. You know how many times they've gotten paid this summer? Zero. <laughs> now, like I said, when I tell them to do it, I say, okay, today y'all need to get this done. It gets done. But there's no consistency there. <laughs> But they're learning. They're kids. They're learning. Just as we all did growing up, we learned what we needed to do, learned what needed to get done, and we did it. And I'm proud of them for that. I know I may think I'm picking on you, but I'm proud of you girls for, for doing those things. They went out to Nana and Poppy's house. Oh, it's been about a month or so. And they uh, painted the playhouse out there for them. And they did a good job. They got a little paint on themselves, but they did a good job. They got paid for it, but they did it. They didn't whine and, and, and complain about it. So the next thing that we do in this family is we tell the truth. Proverbs 12, 22, Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Ephesians 4 and 25, Wherefore, putting, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So we don't lie. We want to tell the truth. As a kid growing up, my mom, I'm sure at some point in time I lied to her about something. I don't remember. She'll remind me later. 
But she always told me, my brother and I both, you better not ever lie to me. You can do a lot of things, but don't you ever lie to me. Yes, ma'am. So fast forward to being a parent, what do I do? You better not ever lie to me. So a couple years ago, Adeline was obviously younger than she is now. She, uh, she decided that she's just going to lie about something. So I got on to her and told her, we don't lie. We do a lot of things, but you're not ever lie to me. We're just not going to take that. That's not allowed in this house. A week later, she lies about something else. And I said again, you do not lie. We do not lie. This is your warning. You lie one more time, and you're getting swats with the big paddle. The very next morning, before school, she lied about something. I don't remember what it was. And I told her, I said, Adeline, what did I tell you yesterday? I said, we do not lie. And what's going to happen? She's crying. I'm going to get swats. Yes, you are. I went and got the paddle. She got swats. And as far as I know, she hasn't lied to me again. It worked, as far as I know. Now, I say that also to say that I gave her a little bit to calm down. I went back and I talked to her and asked her, why she, you know, do you understand why you got swats? She said, yes, I lied. And you know, we, we discussed all those things, and I you know, told her that we, we don't do that. We're not going to lie. I wanted to make sure that she knew why she got swats and that she knew that I loved her, even though that you know, she didn't tell the truth. And the Lord's like, is like that with us. You know, we, we sin, but He's forgiving. He forgives us of our sins, but we have to repent of those sins to be forgiven. In this family, we count our blessings. Psalms 34, 1 through 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I would say that we could all say that we're blessed people. For the, the country we live in, for the state we live in, for the, the town, the town or towns that we live in. But being a part of this church makes us blessed. I'm blessed with the wife that I have. I'm blessed with the, the children that I have, my mom, my in-laws. A very blessed man. And I thank the Lord for that all the time. We instill in, ki in our kids how blessed they are to have the things that they have. How blessed they are to live the life that they live. And to be thankful for the opportunities that they have. I tell them, they complain about something. I, I say, do you realize how lucky you are to have the things that you have? Do you realize how lucky you are to have food in front of you anytime that you want it? Regardless if it's what you want to eat, it's still there. You can still eat it. And I'm sure we've all heard that, well, you know, there's kids in Ethiopia that love to eat what you just threw in the trash. I've told that to my kids before. But we are blessed, and we should always count our blessings. The next thing in this family, we have fun. In Proverbs 15, 13, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, 
but, my, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. You know, I find myself getting in a rut sometimes, just kind of being a grouch. You know, not, having, not having fun with the family, not taking out time to go do stuff with the kids. You go, well, I'm going to say go play Barbies because they don't necessarily play Barbies as much anymore, but I don't know, going and just hanging out, doing stuff. And I've tried to make a better, uh, better effort at that. You know, and I'm, I'm not always cheerful. I'm not always a merry old person that just, woo, you know, we go around and bring cheer everywhere we go. I'm not. Sometimes I'm grumpy. Sometimes I don't want to be around people. Sometimes I want you just to leave me alone. But I try to work on that. You know, I think I've got to get this done. I've got to get that done instead of taking, taking time out to do stuff with the family. But we need to take the time to enjoy each other, to have fun with one another, and not be so serious all the time. Our kids need to know that we're humans, that we're not robots just, mm, do this, do that, mm, you know, don't do this. They got to know that we want, we want to have fun. We, we want to have a good relationship with them. And I'm not saying that, you know, be their friend, because there's a difference between being a friend and being a parent. And you can't be a friend all the time. You've got to be a parent. I understand that. But that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy each other's company. You know, we've taken a, a couple of camping trips this summer and had a good time. It's been fun. You know, something else that I, I've caught myself doing is getting onto something that doesn't, they just don't, it don't amount to anything. They do something that was an accident, they spill something or whatever, and I'm quick to jump on them and, you know, you need to be more careful. Quit goofing around. But I found that there's a big drawback to that. And the drawback to that is that if I get bent out of shape over something that's small, what are they going to do when it's something that's big? They're not going to come talk to me, are they? If it's something that's big, they're going to think, well, Dad got upset because I spilt milk. And here I went and bumped this vase and knocked it, and, you know, it's his favorite vase or something. I broke the TV. He's going to be so mad, and they're not going to come tell me. And that's the total opposite of what I want. That's the total opposite of what we want as parents. We always want our kids to be able to come talk to us. And isn't God the same way? Whenever we have problems, he wants us to, to give it to him. When we don't have problems, he wants, wants us to give it to him. He wants us to be in communication with him all the time. And I feel like as a parent, that's what I would like with my kids. And sometimes the lesson is really in forgiveness, isn't it? In this family, we forgive others. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You know, if I, I mess up, I say or do something to the girls or to my wife, or to my mom, whoever it may be, you know, I, I eventually feel bad and realize that I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I shouldn't have done. I, I got onto him for something that it wasn't even their fault. You know, I was upset about something else. I go and I apologize. And they do the same. We have that kind of relationship. A 
couple of weeks ago, Aliyah and I had a, a conversation about basketball practice, well, basketball and volleyball practice, because they're doing both right now during the summer a few times a week, and uh, she didn't want to go. And I told her, you've made a commitment, you need to go. Well, Riley's not going. Well, I don't care what Riley is or isn't doing. You, you made this decision, you're going to do it. And anyway, make a long story short, before we got off the phone, she got upset and hollered. And I mean, she didn't holler at me, she just blah and left, you know, and she was in tears. And I told her she better get her stuff to go on and get out here. It's time to go. So, anyway, later on, after practice, uh, she'd had a friend that was spending the night, Paisley, and uh, they come out to the shop and she goes, Hey, Dad. I said, Hey, darling. And she says, Dad, I'm sorry. And I said, well, for what? And she said, well, I'm, I'm sorry about earlier on the phone. And I said, well, darling, I'm, I'm sorry too. She says, I may have been a little bit dramatic. Well, I may have been a lot a bit dramatic. And I said, it's okay, babe. And she came over and she gave me a, big old hug. That's forgiveness. That's loving one another. And it made me proud, not only that she came out on her own, I don't know, Cressa may have said something to her, but I'm going to act like she did it on her own. She came out and apologized to me. But not only did she come out, she did it in front of a friend. You know? That sets an example of I can apologize to my dad. I can do something and my dad's still going to love me. And I'm still going to love my dad if he does something to me. You know? We apologize to each other. We forgive one another. Just as God forgives us. And we need to remember that. Kids need to see that we are forgiving just as God is. We have to set that example. In this family, we love one another. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfined love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. We always tell the girls that we love them. Cress and I always tell each other that we love each other. In the morning before we go to work, Cress is usually the one to leave first. She says, love you, babe. Love you too. You know, it, we do it all the time. Kids go to bed at night. They come and tell us they love us. Give us a hug. Tell us good night. You know, something that, I guess it's just something that Chris and I have done, and part of it, I think, stems back to the fact that we both lost people that were very close to us when we were younger. Uh, I lost my brother in a car accident. She lost her best friend in a car accident. You don't know when you're going to see somebody else again. You don't know what's going to happen to them when they walk out that door. And so it's important to me that, that my kids, that, that my wife, my mom, my in-laws, I hang up the phone with them, I tell them I love them. Not everybody does that to their in-laws, I don't know, but I do. Because <laughs> I do love them. But they need to know that. I don't want there to be a doubt in anybody's mind whenever I pass from this world, whether it be from a car accident or from old age, that I love you, because I do. 
And I, I think that's important. I, the Lord wants us to know that, that he loves us. He has that unconditional love. I mean, he sent his only son to die for us, for our sins, so that we could be with him one day in heaven. I mean, that is the definition of true love. And in this family, we attend church. We attend church on Sundays because we love the Lord. But above all else, we want our kids to know that we love the Lord. We want our, ki- our girls to know or to grow up knowing the Lord, knowing that God sent His only Son to die on the cross for our sins, that if they will believe what the Bible says and repent of their sins and be baptized for the remission of sins, they can live with Jesus in heaven. That's what we're here for, is it not? I mean, that's pretty much the Great Commission. Go out and tell tell them about Jesus. Tell them about God. People know that Jesus died for their sins, that they don't have to go to hell, they could go to heaven. And I think that's the most important thing. My intention this afternoon isn't just to babble on about my family or my household or tell funny stories about the kids. My intention is to show how important our home life is, how important it is to our children our marriages, our friendships, and our Christian walk. And I'm not standing here saying that, you know, I've got it all figured out because I don't. I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. But imagine this. Imagine if we didn't do these things. What if we didn't instill godly morals in our children's lives? Where would they end up? Where are they going to be as teenagers? Where are they going to be as adults? What kind of marriage are they going to have? What kind of person are they going to marry? Would they attend church as adults? You know, I don't know what the percentage is on this. I I tried to look it up and I couldn't find anything definite. But I would bet there's a high percentage of them that wouldn't. If if we didn't take our our kids to church, if we didn't teach them about God, if we didn't instill those morals in them, I would bet there's a high percentage of of kids that are brought up like that, that they do not attend church as adults. But what I do know is, if we do instill godly morals, if we do take our kids to church, if we do live a godly example, if we do correct, correct them when they're wrong, if we do take interest in their lives, if we do read the Bible with them regularly, they stand a much higher chance of attending church and being a Christian as adults. And if you don't believe that, you just look around this room right now. Look at the generations in this room right now. There are generations of families in this building today because at some point in time, a mom, a dad, a husband and wife, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, whatever it may be, they heard the word and made the decision that they were going to follow Jesus and they instilled those same morals in their children and possibly other people's children. And that has flowed down from generation to generation. But I want to close with this verse. In this family, we serve the Lord. 
Joshua 24, 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What a statement. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you think it's evil to serve the Lord, then choose who or what you're going to serve. But know this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do we have that attitude in our homes? Do your kids, your extended family, your friends, people in the community, and your co-workers know that you and your house serve the Lord? Without a shadow of a doubt, do they know that you and your house serve the Lord? Because if they don't, then a change needs to be made. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.